The Steelers got killed at the line of scrimmage yesterday. Absolutely killed at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Especially on defense and especially in the first half. But the Steelers got punched in the mouth on both sides of the ball. And all the other troubles trickled down. The defense sucked. Yeah. Ben made some mistakes early. Yeah. There were some very questionable play calls. Yeah. The Steelers came out flat, and that happens far too often. Yeah. But what happened yesterday shouldn't surprise anyone because the Jaguars showed up for work, and the Steelers showed up for skippity-doo. The Steelers like to yap and celebrate, and they create this environment of chaos. And yesterday, that environment of chaos caught up with them. You got Mitchell barking at the Jags locker room before the game. You got Vince Williams. Vince, not Vince, because he's a killer bee in his dreams. You got Lev Bell talking about getting paid. All the stuff... All year, on and on. And yesterday, the other team showed up and punched the Steelers in the mouth and beat their ass in Pittsburgh for the second time in the same season. It was 21-0 Jacksonville in the blink of an eye in a playoff game at Heinz Field. I say it all the time. Lack of focus, lack of discipline. And... I'm afraid I've got some bad news. It's going to happen again and again and again. Because this group of guys has talent, but no brains, no balls, and no humility. You're not going to win with this group or that culture. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is truly the era of the no-ring mafia. This is the Mark Madden Show. You like it, you love it, you want more of it. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call to go one-on-one with the great one. Or you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter, at Mark Madden X. This is going to be a crazy day. Uh, let's get some things clear. They're not going to fire Mike Tomlin, so let's not talk about that. Haley might be done because of the disconnect between him and Ben. Haley's contract is also set to expire. Keith Butler obviously did a terrible job yesterday, but that defense started to suck the minute Shazier got hurt. He was the keystone. I got to give full credit to Antonio Brown. He was being covered by the two best cornerbacks in football, And he made them look like amateurs. Antonio Brown was brilliant. And him and Ben were the only reason the Steelers stayed in the game. Ben made some mistakes. But he threw for 469 yards and five touchdowns. Ben did enough to overcome his mistakes. The defense did not do enough to overcome theirs. Uh, Ben is definitely coming back, by the way. Going to play next season. I'm surprised that Ben announced it right away, but I'm glad to hear it. Ever since that Week 5 regular season loss at Heinz Field to Jacksonville, 
Ben has been at the top of his game and shown that he is still a top-five quarterback in the National Football League. Uh, Vance McDonald, big game, 10 catches. Told you that was going to happen. So, now what? DeCastro was living after the game. He said how ridiculous it was. Guys were talking about New England when Jacksonville had killed the Steelers in Week 5. That's because DeCastro shows up for work. Work. Not super wonderful, crazy fun time. The Patriots show up for work. Coughlin is in Jacksonville now. The Jaguars show up for work. One thing is certain to me. The Steelers season was a total failure and a fraud. That 13-3 and record was combined against a bunch of backup quarterbacks. And when you don't win a playoff game, nothing you did prior means a damn thing. I don't know if you could change the culture without changing the coach. And they're not going to change the coach. But things are too laissez-faire. Like I keep saying, it's not work. Not like it needs to be. At the very least, you can tighten things up. I'd get rid of Mike Mitchell, Vince Williams, and Joey Porter. All three of them are inconsequential and flap their gums too much for the team's good. Mitchell went to the door of the Jags locker room before the game and said, y'all are going to know my name today. Uh, Yeah, they do. He's the roadkill guy on that one big block. And then you got Vince Williams on Twitter after the game saying, go ahead and hate, but we're going to remember who hated. Yeah, please, sure, remember. I hate, so remember me. Right now we all hate because you guys played like bums when it counted most. Yo, it drives me crazy when the scrubs talk like they matter. And Vince Williams is a scrub. Jacksonville scored 75 points in two games at Heinz Field this season. My God, is there any doubt that Jacksonville is the better team and by far? I know some people are predisposed to blame Ben whenever the Steelers lose, and he made a couple of very costly mistakes. But he made up for his. Ben stopped sucking. That defense never stopped sucking. Jacksonville scored 10 points against Buffalo last week. Jacksonville scored 45 points against the Steelers this week. Obviously, I want to hear your thoughts. we got our football guru, Matt Williamson, later this hour. I'm sorry the Steelers lost because in my building for my station, and for DVE, another playoff game would have been best for business. Also, hype for a rematch with New England would have been nutso. Jacksonville can give New England a game because they can cover man-to-man and will get pressure on the quarterback. But how can you not think New England is going to win another Super Bowl? The whole Steeler defense was bad. Cam Hayward didn't make one tackle. Tuitt was invisible. All the backers were invisible. Fournette went right through people. Artie Burns got fried, died, and laid to the side. 
If you put the entire Steelers defense into a burlap sack and beat it with an axe handle, whoever got a fractured skull would deserve it. I hesitate to blame Butler much because he got a lot out of a crap group for most of the season. So, the Steelers did not win one for the Gipper. And I guess that rematch with New England in Haiti has been canceled. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, the Pirates picked the right weekend to trade Garrett Cole for absolutely nothing. With the Steelers losing, that got lost in the shuffle. But that's what the Pirates did. They traded Garrett Cole to Houston for absolutely nothing. Kutch is going to be next, and it won't be long. I loved uh, what the GM said, Neil Huntington. We were only going to have Cole for another two years. Right, I mean, F those two years. Who cares about those two years? Who wants a good pitcher for two years? What a load of crap. The Penguins won both their games over the weekend and now have won four in a row. In those four games, Crosby has 11 points, Malkin has eight, and Kessel has eight, and that is all the people need to know. It solves a lot of problems when the stars shine brightly. Joining me at 4.30 to talk Penguins, going to be the Hall of Famer, Mike Lang. And Liverpool FC beat previously undefeated Man City yesterday. We are the ones who put the one in 22-1. and one. So my football team won. How'd yours do? Matt Williams did a 3.30. In just a moment, I'm going to look at some fairly questionable coaching calls made by the Steelers during the course of yesterday's loss. And then at 3.30, our football guru, Matt Williamson. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Damn it, I'll be popular in Pittsburgh yet. Hey, Mark, ball fan. I think i got to start with pulled pork nachos. Hey, super genius, how you doing today? Fantastic. The X at 105.9. I said a moment ago how brilliant Antonio Brown was playing against Boye and Ramsey, the best cornerback tandem in football. Uh, put up huge numbers, cut a couple big touchdowns. Here's a tweet from Skip Bayless uh, regarding uh, one of those touchdowns. Boye held Antonio's jersey the whole way down the field, and Antonio still just would not be denied the football. Heart, guts, clutch toughness, you name it, Antonio Brown has it. Uh, that's a quote from Skip Bayless, and I got to agree. I haven't always liked the way Antonio Brown's presented himself, but he showed true class yesterday by taking the best cornerback tandem in football and making them seem ordinary at best. Uh, okay, let's look at the offensive coordinator situation, and indeed, uh, all the questionable coaching decisions made by the Steelers yesterday. Todd Haley's contract is up. You can't blame the offense after you put up 42 points, but there's a disconnect between Ben and Bailey that can't be ignored. And then there's the battle of Tequila Cowboy to consider. So I think Haley is out. And let's not forget he wasn't Tomlin's hire. Haley was foisted upon Tomlin 
by the Roonies. Uh, moving forward, if it's up to Ben, the new offensive coordinator will be Fickner, the quarterback's coach. If it's up to Tomlin, it'll be Jim Caldwell. For me, Fickner makes more sense because you don't want to start over in Ben's last couple years. Uh, there were some bad coaching decisions made yesterday, no question. It started right at the beginning when Tomlin won the toss and deferred. you got to take the ball and get your best platoon on the field. But Tomlin deferred, and Jacksonville went right down and scored. Nightmare start, and Heinzfield started to get tight right then and there. And then you got the fourth down calls. Uh, apparently, a quarterback sneak is illegal in Allegheny County. Uh, that pitch, five yards deep on fourth and one, that's not just a bad call. That's idiotic. And then you got the onside kick. I understand the defense hadn't gotten stops to that point, but I thought it was way too early for an onside kick. You kick that deep, and even though, like I said, you ain't got many stops, maybe you get one there. And why was Lev Bell not on the field for the Steelers' opening possession? By the way, when you see how easily a running back can be rendered useless when a team trails, boy, it adds some perspective to what Bell is really worth, doesn't it? I keep hearing the Steelers won't sneak Ben because they don't want to risk him getting hurt. Oh, Okay, I get that, but... Maybe there should be exceptions based on situation like, say, needing a first down in a playoff game when you're trailing. And as far as risk goes, uh, never mind a, a quarterback sneak, I think I saw Ben running the option in the fourth quarter. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Um, let's go to Alex in Wexford. Alex, you're on the Mark Madden Show. You're a little super genius. Thanks for taking my call. Um, hypothetical on Coach Tomlin. Let's say the Steelers didn't have Ben Bell and Brown, or let's say they do have Ben Bell and Brown. Okay, well, let's say he was the coach of the Jets and the Browns. Somebody he's not pedestrian talent. What do he's you think not. The record would be? Do you think that? They uh, I, that's talent? goodbye. That's stupid. I mean, why address hypotheticals? Mike Tomlin has the second highest winning percentage among active coaches, and the 15th highest winning percentage of all time. I don't care what he might have done coaching the Jets or Cleveland. He's coached here in Pittsburgh. Now, does he imbue his team with a sense of focus and discipline necessary to succeed in the playoffs? No, he doesn't. That's the question you should be asking. And the answer is what we should be discussing. Let's go to Jimmy in Ohio. Jimmy, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I How exciting. Thank you. I couldn't agree with you more on the points you made with both fourth downs and the onside kick. What I was wondering, what you thought that you said the Steelers wouldn't run a QB seat there in the chances of Big Ben getting hurt. Do you think in that instance, and, by, and I am by far a huge Big, Big Ben fan, first-time Hall of Fame ballot, no question. Do you think maybe he needs to take a little bit on himself and just go ahead with a dummy snap with Marquis Pouncey and just pick that first down up? Uh, yes, I do. But uh, Haley didn't call it, 
and the team's philosophy is to never win a quarterback sneak because it puts Ben at risk. Ben has made the first down. Uh, what's the number? I think he's tried a quarterback sneak for first down 18 times and made it 17 times. And I would put Ben at risk there to get a first down. No question. But uh, keep in mind, ever since Haley took over as offensive coordinator, in fact, it's why Todd Haley took over as offensive coordinator, the name of the game has been to keep Ben healthy. Bruce Arians didn't keep Ben healthy. Got Ben to two Super Bowls, and the Steelers won one of those, but he didn't always keep Ben healthy. Let's go to Tim and Emsworth. Tim, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, thanks for taking my call. Right. <clears throat> I just want to make two points. One, why do you kick the onside kick there? And number two, why do you mismanage the timeouts at the end of the game? Well, in terms of clock management, Tomlin stinks at it. And what I have always said the Steelers should do, and what every football team should do, they have a billion assistants as it is. Why not hire a clock management specialist where his judgment supersedes the head coach on all clock management decisions? As far as the onside kick goes, I understand that Tomlin was frustrated that his defense wasn't getting any stops, but you got to kick it deep there having two timeouts left in a two-minute warning, and hope that Blake Bortles turns into Blake Bortles, which he did. He was brilliant yesterday, was Blake Bortles. But I would have given him one more chance to turn into Blake Bortles. Up next, he is our football guru. I'm sure he's got a lot to say. It's Matt Williamson, the former pro and college football scout, joins me right here on 105.9 The X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Ah, super genius. What were you afraid more of, Satan or teabagging? Sorry, teabagging. Great story. Compelling and rich. TX at 105.9. It shows open, talking about the Garrett Cole trade to Houston. I said I expected the Pirates to trade Andrew McCutcheon very soon. I didn't think it would happen within 15 minutes. Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic reports that the Pirates have traded Andrew McCutcheon to the San Francisco Giants, pending a review of medical records. Uh, no word on what the Pirates got in return. It's probably very little, given that Kutch is heading into the last year of his contract. The Pirates are so calculated in making these trades in a time frame when Pittsburgh is concerned about the Steelers. Uh, in case you ain't figured it out on your own, Bob Nutting is stripping the team to bare bones. Minimum payroll. But season tickets are on sale. Cuts to the Giants. I really doubt we'll talk more about it later. What else is there to really say? Joining me now to talk about the Steelers, because there's a lot to say about what happened yesterday. It is our football guru, Matt Williamson. Matt, what the frig happened? What's the primary couple of factors for the Steelers losing that game? Man, it was a disgraceful performance. I mean, uh, there's a couple of them. Uh, let's start. The offense was great. Ben was great for 90% of things. In, in fact, he was spectacular. But two turnovers were on him, and that was one of the things you couldn't do in this game. You know, you can't lose the turnover battle that bad. 
That's really my only complaint with the offense, although I would have liked to have seen fewer empty sets so they were making me crazy to have no run threat in many plays in this game made little to no sense to me whatsoever. I have nothing good to say about the defense. I mean, the defense to me was overwhelmed, was outcoached, was blown off the ball by the most predictable and one of the worst offenses in the league. And a factor that I don't think people, I think everyone knows those things, but a factor I don't think other people notice, and I said this all last week, and probably a week ago when you asked me, I thought the biggest advantage the Steelers had in this game was their defensive line against the Jags' offensive line. And the very opposite was true. They got no pressure on Bortles. They still kept blitzing and still got no pressure on them. They got blown off the ball in the run game. Double teams are pushing good players back to it. Hayward, Hargrave, Walton. Um, I didn't see that part coming at all. And it was a huge factor. Well, that defense without Shazier just isn't very good, is it? Normally, when one guy gets hurt, uh, a defense, or for that matter, an offense, doesn't fall apart unless it's a quarterback on offense. But the Steelers' defense really crumbled without number 50, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. And we said that in the preseason, you know, that maybe Hayward's the better player, but there's guys behind him. I mean, that was the guy and everyone knew it going into the season that they least afford to, to lose because he's a special, special talent that made up for a lot of problems that happened with just sheer athleticism and speed and his ability in the second level to defend and blitz and everything he does. So absolutely, it was a gigantic loss. And that was exposed. I mean, and I'm sure Brady and those guys would expose. I mean, anyone they play was going to expose, expose the poor linebackers that they trot out there. I'm not sure that's an excuse yesterday, though. I mean, you knew they were going to come out in heavy personnel with interior runs, a lot of double teams, and they are strictly a play-action passing team, and they looked like they had never seen that before never prepared for it. I, I, it, it was mind-boggling to me. Well, as you mentioned, the Steelers got dominated physically, and I thought Fournette added to that punishment with how he ran. I, I thought he just made the Steelers' linebackers into roadkill in the first quarter. And I thought that had a psychological effect after that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. You know, uh, there was a lot of talk that Fournette's an LSU guy and hates playing in the cold. And to be quite frank, over the, the last six to eight games or so, he didn't look as good as he did at LSU or early in the season or when his team met again. But, wow, he was really good. I mean, so clearly the Jags had something to do with it. And I thought him in particular, as well as their interior run blocking, was superb. But I don't want to hear that Bortles, Bortles played a good game. I mean, he didn't. He didn't do anything. Well, he didn't lose the game, and I guess there's something to be said early. for that. Right, and getting up early was absolutely crucial in that. But I read a stat today, and I didn't realize it watching the game. Three passes he completed were 10 yards downfield or further. I mean, nothing was asked of him. He didn't make any hard throws. Everything was off-play action, and the Steelers looked like that they never, you know, never knew that this team was going to be a short, controlled, play-action, dump-off team. That's all they do. Well, you mentioned that Ben made some mistakes early, but I think clearly he played well enough to overcome his own mistakes, except the defense wouldn't let him. I mean, Ben got down based on some errors made by him, but no matter how well he played, the defense just wouldn't let it be enough, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I think that's 100% true, that the offense did their job against an elite pass defense a great defense overall. Oh, the number one defense in the league, Matt. 
Yeah, right. I mean, the Vikings, to me, are right in that category, but those two are far and away the best two in the league. It's a defense that um, even Brady and those guys, they're going to look at and say, this defense doesn't have any holes. You know, there's nothing to attack. You know, if you game plan all week against the Jags, there isn't a thing that stands out, like the Steelers inside linebackers. Boy, we're going to exploit these guys. They don't have that. And even so, I know that this sounds insane, but the Jags D, I thought, played pretty well. I mean, it wasn't like the Steelers had receivers running wide open. I mean, they didn't out-scheme Jacksonville. There was just times that Ben and Brown and company were better players and made fantastic plays. Well, well, let, let's stay with that because I thought, despite the Steelers losing, Antonio Brown was brilliant. He made Ramsey and Boye, two of the best corners in the league, certainly the best tandem, he made those guys look very ordinary, didn't he? I wouldn't even go that far. Because I thought the corners played extremely well, but... A.B. had a million one in his pocket. You know what I mean? I mean, it wasn't like he was getting great separations. The coverage was wonderful. He was fantastic. And Ben made a lot of gigantic throws. We're talking about Williamson, our football guru. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber, showing you the right way to build since 1956. Uh, the Steelers coaching is coming under fire, Matt. Let me go over some of the specifics. First off, it might sound like a little thing, but I thought winning the toss and deferring was a mistake. Get your offense on the field and not your worst platoon, not your defense. It's funny because I was on the radio Friday and we had a long conversation about this. And so I can't go back on what I said. I really didn't have a problem with either. Generally speaking, I want the ball to start the second half, but I made pretty strong arguments for either. So I didn't have a problem with that. But... When you get the ball and or you know they're getting the ball, and to me that series was just awful because I've said this over and over. The Jags are the easiest team to prepare for in the entire league on both sides of the ball, and to look like you didn't know what they were doing from the get-go was flabbergasting to me. Why wasn't Bell on the field for the Steelers' first defensive series? That kind of blew my mind. And then when they get down twenty-one nothing, it basically takes Bell out of the game. It was shocking to me, too, and I mentioned it earlier in our conversation that any time, I mean, the, the Jags defense is very good. We know that. But they're better against the pass than the run. And you, you start that series in three straight empty formations without even the slightest bit of a run threat and even doing goofy things like splitting Hubbard out wide. I don't know if you caught that. I think it was the second play of the game. But they, they took an extra offensive lineman and split him out wide. Like, what are you doing? You know, and this is the most basic defense you're going to face schematically. Run it right at them, or at least have Bell in the backfield, let alone in the game, to give you that threat. I mean, to, to put it up on the scoreboard saying, we're the big bad Steelers, we're going to throw on you guys, we didn't learn any lessons from the first time we played, is extreme hubris, and they deserve everything they got. What's your take on the fourth down calls, especially the pitch five yards deep? Hated that one. Uh, I think that one's reprehensible. I mean, because you're playing, that's what they want you to do. They are the fastest defense in the league, and to throw a deep pitch to the short side of the field is just eating, you know, feeding them exactly what they want. The other one, I don't know what they're going to say, but I very much believe Ben changed it at the line of scrimmage, made a wonderful throw to Juju Smith-Schuster, and it wasn't caught. We'd be talking about it much differently. Um so it was executed very well except for the catch. But overall, and this goes back to the whole thing, and I, I honestly don't have a lot of problems with Haley, 
But my biggest qualm with him is on third, fourth, and shorts. Can't you just do a quarterback sneak? Can't you just get Knicks in the backfield with big, heavy personnel and just get the yard? I mean, you don't have to – it doesn't have to be a 50-yard play. And I think seven has a lot to do with that, too. I mean, if you call that and Ben comes to the line of scrimmage and says, I got AB one-on-one, I'm taking a shot, we've seen it work. And I understand the logic. But sometimes on those crucial third and shorts and those type of deals, I just want to see simple brute football. Yeah, me too. And I know they don't like the QB sneak because – it puts Ben at some degree of risk, but for God's sakes, Matt, he was running the option in the fourth quarter. I think in a playoff <laughs> game, anything goes. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, Brady's, uh, it's easy to go back to Brady. Has Brady ever taken a hit on a QB sneak? He does three of them every game, and he gets them every time. It isn't that hard of a play. I don't think you're putting the quarterback at risk. You come up to the line of scrimmage, you see a gap, you snap it quick, and you you dive forward with your 6'5", 240-pound body, and you get a yard. Was it too early for the onside kick? I I don't know it was too early, but it was very much the wrong call. And I was screaming on Twitter beforehand and screaming at my at my television that with what two eighteen on the clock, something like that, a couple tight end or a couple timeouts, and the two point conversion against a bad offense. I know that they weren't stopping anyone. You have to kick it deep there to me, and that paid off. I mean. That, that that ended up being true. I mean, that what happened was they they would they would have got the ball at midfield, only needing a field goal. Now, Matt, we both know Tomlin's job is near jeopardy. Nor should it no. be. Look at the guy's record. No, but right, right. do you think either Haley or Butler is in any danger? The two coordinators. I think Haley gets too much heat, which is the nature of the offensive coordinator position anywhere you look. And like I said, I think he's a very good game planner. And I think my only qualm with him are those thirds and shorts and sometimes getting too cute. So I think he absolutely should be safe. I don't know if he is or not. Um, But I think the defensive staff and Coach Butler deserve a lot more heat than they get. Yeah, I think that's true, too. Then again, for a lot of the year, he turned uh, chicken manure into chicken salad. But I think you got to be judged a lot by what happened yesterday. And I know Shazier wasn't available, but a lot of their better players disappeared. So clearly, Jacksonville found a way to scheme them out, Matt. And I don't think Butler had a plan B, did he? See, my qualm is if I would go through every play in the league, I feel pretty confident that the Steelers blew more deep coverages than anyone in the league. Uh, that didn't happen yesterday, but that is a huge concern to me. That, I mean, that, that happened over and over and over. And, yes, they were very good on defense, especially statistically, the first half of the year. But their level of competition was bad. I mean, it wasn't Aaron Rodgers. It wasn't Luck. I mean, yeah, a lot of backup and, quarterbacks. They, they got a lot of breaks yeah. when other teams' uh, quarterbacks got injured, didn't they? Absolutely. And they didn't play very high level of offenses. So I don't think you can take that – you know, into, you have to take that into account. Um, and I also think that the level of talent on defense, that I think the average Steeler fan says, boy, they have the most offensive talent in the league, but they got nothing on defense. There's 12 teams in the league, I bet, that would kill for the, the Steelers' defensive personnel. There's a lot of first and second round picks that can really run out there. And yes, the Shazier injury is gigantic, and they didn't have a backup plan, and you can't have everything, and I don't blame the front office at all for that. But I need more out of Bud Dupree. I need more out of Burns. Um, even Watt, their edge pass rush disappeared. Again, their defensive line lost the battle yesterday. 
And that rarely happened. I think the defensive line was great this year. But the blown coverages, missed assignments, lining up wrong, not understanding how to defend very basic run plays yesterday, as well as the Bears' outside zone. I mean, everyone in the stadium knew they are running outside zone, and it looked like the Steelers never saw it before. How much do you blame the Steelers' culture of chaos, Matt, uh, if at all? See, I think that's a real micro way of looking at it, that I think 90% of the league is very similar nowadays. I mean, it's not the 70s anymore. Well, I don't know, Matt. I mean, normally I'd agree with you, except the chaos with the Steelers was weekly and it was constant. I, I think they went way over the top with that this year, and I can't help but think it added up. I mean, for God's sakes, you got Mike Mitchell taunting Jacksonville's locker room before the game. Stuff like that just astounds me. Yeah, too, especially the way he's playing. <laughs> I mean, that that to me is unexcusable. I mean, something like Antonio Brown throwing a Gatorade bottle to me is not news, and we made it into news for two weeks. But, no, you're, you're 100% right. I mean, there was a lot this year. However, um, I also think, and this goes back to the... Oh. Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, big fan. Mark, good afternoon. Yeah, I want to talk to Mark Madden. What do you want? What do you want? Damn it! VX at 105.9. I hesitate to even bring it up because I think the town wants to talk about the Steelers and the disappointing loss to Jacksonville yesterday, but if you're just tuning in, Uh, A deal appears to be in place for Andrew McCutcheon to go to the San Francisco Giants. No word on what the Pirates will get in return. But here's what's important. Uh, Once this trade's consummated, the Pirates will have cut over $22 million in payroll heading into next year. And I already see the B team tweeting, it's the right thing to do. What a bunch of stooges. Let me know when winning is the right thing to do. That's when I'll get interested again. So that's the news today. Steelers lose. McCutcheon gets traded to the Giants. But the Penguins won two straight. And Liverpool beat Man City. So I'll be very honest. The super genius is one happy man. 412-333-9939. 412-333-9939. Thanks to Matt Williamson for adding his usual expertise regarding the Steelers. We talked specifically about all the questionable coaching decisions made yesterday. And to be crystal, I don't think coaching lost the game. I think that defense lost the game. But to go over the things that I found to be, at the very least, a point of discussion regarding some of the Steelers' coaching decisions. I think when you win the toss and your defense stinks and your offense is good, take the ball. I said that on Friday. When Jacksonville won the toss, Tomlin deferred. Excuse me, the Steelers won the toss. But Tomlin deferred and Jacksonville got the ball. And then they drove right down the field and scored. Things got tight too fast. And you could feel the air rush out of the stadium. Le'Veon Bell not even on the field for the Steelers' first offensive series. That's the golf coach proving once again that his main objective is to be clever, and that's why he's got to go. 
The fourth down calls were absurd, especially the pitch five yards deep on the short side of the field where Jacksonville almost beat Bell to the ball, let alone the sticks. Uh, I hesitate to criticize Haley for that, though, because, like Williamson said, you don't know whether Haley called it or Ben audibled into it, although I would bet my bullocks to a barn dance that Ben, no way he audibled into a pitch five yards deep to Bell on that particular fourth and one. I don't know why they won't QB sneak. Well, I do know. They don't want to put Ben at risk, but Ben was running the option in the fourth quarter. I think anything goes when you trail in a playoff game. And yes, I do think it was too early for the onside kick. Given that Tomlin had the two-minute warning to work with and a couple of timeouts. But uh, I understand why he did onside kick because at that point, he rightly had zero faith whatsoever in his defense. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. How about the quarterbacks in the NFL's Final Four? Keenum, Foles, Bortles, and Tom Brady. Gee, I wonder who's going to win. And how about that end of the game in Minnesota? Geez, that corner for New Orleans could not possibly have played it any worse. Sweet, fancy Moses. I hope Minnesota makes the Super Bowl to become the first participating team to host the Super Bowl. And then New England beats Minnesota anyway because, well, they're New England. But at least Minnesota, with that defense, having a home game against New England would add some intrigue to the Super Bowl. But Case Keenum isn't beating Brady. Of the teams remaining, I think Jacksonville has the best chance to beat New England. Yo, I thought Todd Haley broke his hip at the Battle of Tequila Cowboy. But there he was yesterday. Todd Haley on the sideline, looking like a homeless person and having pointed exchanges with Ben Roethlisberger. Talk about a real-life Rambo. Let's go to Lenny in Washington. Lenny, you're on the Mark Madden Show. What up? Hey, I got to say, I thought the best Jaguar was Ben yesterday. I mean, just fumbling the ball for the pick six. I mean, Yeah, yeah, he yeah. threw for five touchdowns and well over 400 yards. So you think he lost the game, huh? Yeah. You see, that's because, Lenny, whenever the Steelers lose, you blame Ben, correct? And you probably, you know, make some crack to your friends about his alleged past conduct, and, and you feel like you're a big man when you do that, don't you, big man? Yeah, I do, but, I mean, what's Yeah, I mean, bro, I mean, you live in Washington, PA. You shouldn't feel good about anything. It's the trailer park capital of the world, for God's sake. 412-333-9939. In 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you what I think the Steelers should do to affect a little attitude adjustment. They won't do what's necessary to change the culture. But I'm talking about a little attitude adjustment. That's 30 seconds away on 105.9.